0: welcome in to the idp show ladies and gentlemen it's playoff time and i'm joined by the one and only bobby bobby how you doing today
1: hey evan i'm good man i am doing great how are you
0: I'm fantastic. I'm ready to give the people what they came here for. I'm ready to absolutely crush the first round of playoffs because I'm definitely in the playoffs. Definitely in the playoffs.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I um Yeah, I'm, I've got a couple buys this week, so I'm kind of chilling a little bit, which is kind of nice. I'm I'm enjoying these buys, but um, yeah, man, as this COVID news kind of comes in, I don't know if there's a more pertinent weekend to maybe pay attention to uh, start-sit decisions Is maybe week 15, but I think we're right in the middle of it.
0: Absolutely. You bringing that up actually reminded me there's something I wanted to share with the listeners at the top of the episode, because I think it's really important. When setting your lineups, take the Saturday players, the Sunday players out of your flex, put them into their positional designation spots. The later the game, the more flex you want it, especially now that we have these Tuesday games. Put the Tuesday players in your flex if you have anybody in those games, because you want to give yourself flexibility to pivot off or pivot on. And if a player is locked into their flex spot, a player that plays earlier is locked into the flex spot, you're not going to be able to swap them out with somebody else if that player is on their positional spot later on. So just you know, keep that in mind. The later the game, the more flex they are.
1: Yeah, man, I'm super old school too, and I have literally gone from um, even like the next couple weeks, but primarily this week, and I have a write-out of my starting lineups, and I have a and-or type situation to where if this player goes out, what's my pivot? Who's my alternate here? So I know, shout out the XFFL, Josh has got, um, we're probably going to run some alternates this week to where if a game gets forfeited or canceled or pushed back so far, um, that instead of running out a... Um, I know Denzel Perryman's actually ruled out this week, but if he had been playing and didn't play, um, we're going to name an alternate. So, yeah, man, it's going to be a really important weekend to pay attention to news, pay attention to who's active. There's a ton of injuries that we'll talk about probably here in the next little bit, Um, but it's a very, uh, it's getting gross in the IDP world. We're we're starting some pretty yucky guys this week, but me and Evan will uh, we'll sort through those and we'll we'll tell you the guys to start and the guys to sit for sure.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of which, why don't we start off with our guys to start. Starting off with the defensive line position, Bobby, why don't you go ahead and open it up with your pick?
1: Yeah, man, let's go with Jalen Phillips. Um, He's right on that sack streak. Um, And you know, this is another little shout out. We talk about RSO a lot, but this is a good time to, um, to pay attention to Sleeper to make sure that your notifications are on. That Sleeper app is just great from the standpoint of Um, Looking back at the game logs, even looking back at like previous years, they're updating you all the time on health, on COVID IR stuff. Um, We don't really give Sleeper enough credit, but it's awesome this time of year. But um, yeah, man, there is a little hesitation maybe uh, to possibly quit riding, um, you know, Phillips sack ride for the last five weeks. Um, But with the Jets coming into town, honestly, there's no better time here to set it and forget it. Um, I I don't really want to overthink a lot of that stuff this week. We're we're really going to talk about that here for the next couple guys that I talk about for my starts and sits. But um, I see Phillips with uh, three tackles, a sack in week 15 to get to six straight weeks with at least a half of a sack. Um, Hey, I'm a big fan of these. Trey Hendrickson, I believe, is on a sack streak as well of at least nine or ten games right now. Jalen Phillips has a a a pretty battered uh, New York Jets team coming to town. Um, I'm riding Phillips as far as he'll take me in the fantasy playoffs right now
0: yeah absolutely I like this pick Jalen Phillips was a player I was hot on at the beginning of the season in the preseason Mm -hmm. and you know he hasn't been Micah Parsons but I think Mm -hmm. because Micah Parsons has been so good we haven't been giving Jalen Phillips enough love and you know Mm -hmm. I think he's uh he's been pretty good and only getting better throughout the season so I really like this call
1: So, tell me real quick, Evan, before we get to yours, rank these three guys in terms of dynasty edges. So, would you rather have, so give them one, two, three Jalen Phillips, Odafe Owe, or Aziz Ojalari? Which one do you want the most? Which one do you want the least?
0: Interesting. You know, how I usually approach these kinds of things, so maybe the process that I share ends up coming up with different results than I share, but Mm -hmm. I would, you know, I would look at the defensive scheme first. Which mm-hmm. scheme has a tendency to rely on a, a an edge and give them high percentage of snaps? And then I would look at, you know, their the stability of their team in general. Like, does it look like this team's gonna be under new management soon? Is that scheme gonna change very quickly? And then after that I'll look at overall talent. So, you know, my number one pick, I feel like I would have to go Jalen Phillips because I don't know enough about these defensive schemes to know if there's any one scheme that sure. prefers you know, a, a high snap percentage edge over the others. But I do like Jalen Phillips' talent, even though I like OAs. And I, I already forgot who your third pick was. Who was your third Aziz pick?
1: Aziz ojalari up there oh, in the, O'Jalari. with the New York Giants. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, the Giants are the Giants and they scare me. So I'll probably sure. have to put him at number three, even though I really like the guy. Yeah. I would probably list them in the order that you listed them with. Phillips first. um, The guy from the Ravens. Um, I already... Uh, wow, I'm totally spacing. wait, thank You're you. You're good. There you go. OA number two, Ojalari three. But do research for yourself, right? I'm just Mm -hmm. a guy. Mm -hmm. So, listener, you know, look out there, look at these historical trends in these defensive schemes. Which scheme has a tendency to have high snap percentage edge rushers and which scheme and coaching staff looks to be the most stable? And I would definitely trust the Ravens staff. Maybe the Dolphins staff is a little iffy. Sure. So, maybe, you know, maybe you can hedge your bets there. But I would list at one, two, three, the order you ranked it.
1: I like that. I think I'd probably have Aziz Ojalari second because I think he has a little bit more tackles. I do like away from an athleticism profile and he also has the high sack upside, but um, he also has a pretty low tackle floor. He doesn't really rack up a whole lot of tackles. And honestly, that's something I pay attention to a ton as far as even getting into this point of the year with these edge guys. If they have a nice little tackle floor where if they don't get a sack, they don't put up a zero for you. That's a pretty big deal. So, but enough about that. Let's talk about your uh, defensive Line start of the week.
0: Yeah, well you listed a rookie and I listed a definitely not rookie. Mm -hmm. I got DeMarcus Lawrence from the uh from the Cowboys, and man, he's back, like back. Mm -hmm. Now he's been back for two games already. He was injured and now he's back. He's played two games, and in those two games, he's led the Cowboys in pressures. In week thirteen, he had six pressures for five hurries and one quarterback hit. And in week fourteen, he had six pressures for four hurries, one quarterback hit and a sack. Now, the the Cowboys play the Giants in Week 15, and Daniel Jones has already been declared out. So the Cowboys will be playing against Mike Glennon, who's Mm. going to be starting for the Giants. Now, managers should expect some opportunities for turnovers and other big plays because since starting in Week 13, Glennon has been sacked five times. Miami sacked him three times, and the Chargers sacked him twice. Now, those two teams combined for a pressure-to-sack rate of 20%. That's 15% for Miami, 20% for the Chargers. And that's 1% higher than the season average for Miami, 7% higher than the season average for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. So since Lawrence has returned, the Cowboys have had a conversion rate of 13%, and their season average was 9%. So all those numbers to say, basically, this matchup against the Giants really looks like D-Law could probably convert those pressures that he's been having into sacks and so i'm hoping for you know a sack or two from him this week
1: man i love that the comparison with how you think demarcus lawrence is going to convert the pressures to sacks but also the little bit of big game theory tied with that as well um you know i I agree with you that dallas defense looks um, very, very good right now. You've got one of my favorite D tackles, Osa Odigizua as well, um, who hasn't had a sack in a while, but has been um, quite the run stopper there uh, for Dallas. And then Dorrance Armstrong, another guy that we don't really talk about a whole lot, but, but who has been uh, putting up some sacks as well. Um, answer me this one, Evan. And this one, I think that the Marcus Lawrence call is great, but um, moving forward, if you're the Cowboys coaching staff, the question that the big three have talked about a lot, me and Adam and Josh, Are you moving Micah Parsons back to linebacker, or are you going to leave him on the
0: edge? That's a good question. Man, he's been so productive everywhere. Mm -hmm. I think the real question is, which position would you have a greater dearth of talent at should he not be playing there? Because if you put him at edge, Mm -hmm. then that means you have two or three linebacker positions that he's not playing. Mm -hmm. And if you put him at linebacker, that means you have edge positions that he's not playing. So you look at your talent, and you decide you know, which players are going to be better off with Micah Parsons not a part of that group Mm -hmm. and honestly you know that's you know that's a decision for the coaching staff but with DeMarcus Lawrence back you have to think maybe their defensive line is good enough that Parsons can go back to the, the inside linebacker position and make some more plays there but what do you think?
1: Yeah Randy Gregory's been back as well I think he returned the last week or two and um You know, say what you want to about Parsons, but Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence have both been very, very um, relative this year in, uh, in IDP when actually they play. I guess exactly what you're thinking about, man, that's tough. Parsons has been so good on the edge. But I guess you have to think about if Parsons plays the edge and Gregory doesn't see as many snaps, but then you still continue to roll out LVE and Keanu Neal at linebacker, or would you be better off Moving Keanu Neal possibly back to a safety role, rolling out LVE and Parsons, and then leaving Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence on the field. I mean, it's a good problem to have. It's it's almost it reminds me a lot of their wide receiving core when they took Ceedee Lamb with the 17th pick in 2020. It was like why, and then you see it. In 2020 and even in 2021, you're like, okay, that makes a ton of sense now. Um, why not just have just a, a, a ton of wealth at a uh, at a great position? But either way, the Marcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, Micah Parsons, I'm fine with starting all of them this week and throughout the, the playoffs, honestly.
0: Yeah, I, I love this. I love this. Uh, let's pivot to another linebacker, a, a division rival linebacker, if you will, for your sure. linebacker call this week.
1: Yeah, man. And this is kind of going to buck the trend a little bit that you'll see in this episode. Um, and while I'm hesitant, because he was limited in practice, I believe because of his ankle, he is extremely, extremely solid at linebacker. Uh, he has 32 tackles over his last four games. Now, this is Cole Holcomb. I guess I should have introduced that. Um, 32 tackles over his last four games to go with one for uh recovery, one INT and one touchdown. Holcomb is everything I'm looking for right now. At week 15 in the IDP playoffs, he's consistent, his snaps are high, his tackle floor is solid, and he has that big playability. Um, You know, while he doesn't typically have the name, uh, typically, when he doesn't really have any name, such as Roquan or Bobby Wagner, he's not seen in that upper echelon of talent. Um, He really deserves to be considered among those greats, at least in 2021. Uh, When Holcomb is out there, you've got a banged-up and COVID-IR-type Washington defense anyways. Um, As you'll see in my DB picks as well, I'm starting to mess out of Holcomb, assuming he plays. Pay attention to that this weekend. Anything could creep up as far as that COVID-IR is concerned. But when Holcomb has played this year, he has been an extremely solid, um, reliable linebacker for your uh, IDP team. So, Evan, what say you about that pick?
0: I like it. Now, because that game is on a Tuesday night, I believe the Seahawks Rams game is at the same time as the Washington Eagles game. So Mm -hmm. if Cole Holcomb ends up getting put on that list, you can pivot to somebody on the Seahawks or somebody on the Rams or somebody on the Eagles in the event that he's out.
1: Great call. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a good thought. I had not even gotten to that point yet, but that's a that's a good idea that it's very it's going to be a very real possibility that it might not be Cole Holcomb, but you may be playing on Bobby Wagner and that creeps up and then you can pivot to a Cole Holcomb or a Ernest Jones or, you know, I don't know, one of the other linebackers that are playing on Tuesday or Monday. I don't even know what day it is today. So there we go. Absolutely. It's Friday.
0: Friday. Yeah, they're probably listening. It's been a long week, Kevin. Yes, honestly. Been a long wait. Man, this, these are uh, all these. Yeah, you were saying the sleeper alerts have been had me glued to my phone more than I typically would be, if that's even possible. Sure. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take over from here for my linebacker pick. Mm-hmm. I've got Baron Browning of the Denver Broncos. Now, Browning has been the snap leader at linebacker for the Broncos since week 12 when they came off of their bye. And the Bengals are one of the best wow. matchups for linebackers. They allow some of the most tackles per snap and just the most points per game in general to the linebacker position. And while the Broncos linebackers are coming off a bad week versus Detroit, in which both Denver safeties had big tackle numbers, I'm going to assume that's because the Lions were in a negative game script most of the game. I don't expect that same result versus the Bengals. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love this as well. You know, one of the things, too, that I like about Baron Browning since the bye, he has seen snaps of 71 snaps in week 12, 57 snaps in week 13 and 54 snaps in week um, 14. Um, So the snaps are high. It was pretty clear that after the bye, Denver wanted to give the rookie a little bit more play. And, um, you know, honestly, I I really like this call. Um, you've got kind of a questionable matchup there against Cincinnati. I'm going to pick somebody here later on as my sleeper for one of the uh, defensive linemen there in Denver. Uh, but no, A.J. Johnson, one of my favorite players, a woodchopper, has been gone all year. And Baron Browning, um,
0: alongside maybe Kenny Young, is going to get a little play. But um,
1: yeah, great call here. I love the Baron Browning pick.
0: And interestingly enough, um, defenses typically see about 66 snaps a game. And so those three mm-hmm. games that you just listed where he was all under 66 snaps, He's been pretty good, even with below-average snaps. Now, the Broncos do tend to play a bit of a slow game, but if they play against the Bengals and the Bengals play a faster game, there might even be a chance for greater-than-normal production from him simply because the snap numbers could go up. But enough of that. You mentioned a Washington football team linebacker with your last pick. You're going back Mm -hmm. to the well of the Washington football team with your DB pick. Go and tell me about this guy.
1: Yeah, we are. So my DB pick for the start of the week is going to be Landon Collins. Um, So no Cam Curl this week. Mm -hmm. I repeat, Cam Curl is on COVID IR, um, which I really hate because I have him on a lot of rosters. Um, But I really like Landon Collins' last two games of 28 points and 13 points um, prior to his Week 15 game. He had two sacks in Week 14 against Dallas and an interception as well. He has a forced fumble in week 12. Um, And Collins, honestly, at this point of the season, is pretty simple. Philly is not a great team. Cameron Curl is out. And Collins is still a very good defensive back. Don't overthink this with week 15. Roll out Landon Collins. Set it and forget it. So, again, not too many frills. Um, We're not going to sit here and and bore you with uh, PFF numbers. But opportunity, bad team coming in town. Cam Curl is out. I really love Landon Collins for this week.
0: Yes, Landon Collins. I feel bad, man. Kem Curl, He has a special place in my heart as being that waiver wire darling from last year. But yeah, less uh, less people to share the load, meaning a higher snap percentage from Landon Collins. Pretty simple call there. I love it.
1: Yep. Don't overthink it. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the theme I believe for for week fifteen. I, I you know what? It, it all is kind of it all kind of dependent as well. Um, you know, me and Josh have kind of talked about this the last couple of weeks. And, you know, as, as you have teams that don't have as star studded of offenses um, I'm, t- I'm speaking IDP teams here. If your offense isn't that high powered. Um, and so you kind of need to take a shot on defense. I'm okay. Taking shots on guys like Javon Holland. Um, but if you've got a good offense and you're just looking to get to, you know, your next week in the playoffs, Let's just set a base here with the defense. You know, would you rather have a five or a 15-point performance or would you rather just lock in a 10-point performance? And if your offense is good, let's get that 10-point guy in there and let's just call it a day. If your offense is struggling and might, you might be rolling out Craig Reynolds this week, sure, go with the guy who might get you, you know, an INT or a big play. But that's honestly what I'm looking at with a lot of my IDP teams uh, going into this weekend.
0: Absolutely. And from a process standpoint, right, this is you're talking about floor and ceiling games. For listeners, how you decide what a player's floor and a ceiling is on the IDP side, look at their snap percentage. Guys that have a higher snap percentage consistently are guys that have higher floors. And maybe if they're a free safety and they don't see as many valuable snaps, maybe that lowers their ceiling. But guys that have lower percent snaps, but maybe, you know, see a lot of pass rush snaps on their it ed- on the edge, maybe that's where some upside comes from. But just kind of putting it out there is how you would determine what a player's floor and a ceiling would be.
1: But speaking of opportunity, give me your defensive back because I feel like that's the uh, definition of why he's here as, amongst one of your starters for this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting, too, because he also plays on Thursday, right? You just listed Landon Collins as a third, mm-hmm. or sorry, a Tuesday game. This guy, yep. Ryan Neal, the new strong safety for the Seahawks, is also a Tuesday game. Now, Blitz Boy, our beloved Jamal Adams, was injured in week 13 and since then Ryan Neal has seen all of those box safety snaps for Seattle now and he's got 48% sweet spot snaps in week 14 but in week 13 82% of them were in the sweet spot so that's defensive line box corner slot 82% of his snaps were there he's even seen a couple pass rush snaps as well there's some upside for a snack or a, a sack there a snack there
1: or a snack? Honestly, might just stop taking a snack.
0: Absolutely. So, so yes, Ryan Neal could be a pivot if you've got you know a DB in the Tuesday spot because there's a good chance he's not as highly rostered as somebody like Landon Collins simply because he's only been relevant for a week or two.
1: Yeah, I have to think that maybe Jamal Adams possibly missed Week Eight. I would need to do a little bit of research, but even in Week Eight, he saw uh, Neal saw 21 snaps. He saw four tackles, and he actually had a sack in that game. Um, so I think you're spot on with that, uh, the sweet spot snaps and his past rush upside. Uh, he had five tackles week 13, seven tackles week 14. Um, Jamal Adams has been pretty bad this year. I mean, you kind of kept waiting for him to come around and actually, you know, put a, put a couple of games together and he might've had a bright spot here or there. But, um, one thing I do love about Ryan Neal as well is um, it depends on, which uh, site you're playing on but he's a cornerback in a lot of areas as well so if you can play a strong safety in a cornerback role in week 15 um, it's an early Christmas present for you Um, so there you go
0: awesome so we just finished talking about guys that we are excited about going into this week let's go ahead and switch over to some guys we're a little bit hesitant about going into week 15 and starting off on the defensive line who do you have here
1: So I'm going to give a little preface to mine, and mine are all going to be injury related. And I'll tell you why. And it's because going into the week 15 game last night, Derwin James had already tweaked his hamstring. Um, If you actually look, he re-aggravated that during the game and I think only scored about three points and ended up, you know, not finishing out the game. So that's something that I'm really paying attention to this week. Um, if I have a guy who's kind of on the bubble as to whether I would maybe feel comfortable starting him, or if I could pivot elsewhere, um, I'm going to pivot to the guy who is healthy, who's going to see the snaps and who's going to have the best opportunity. So with my defensive lineman, Marcus Davenport for the saints, he does have some type of a shoulder injury. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, but you know, simple for me, Davenport's dealing here with a shoulder injury. Um, and even though he is supposed to be cleared to play this weekend, I have no interest really in playing him against the Tampa Bay Bucks. They're, it's late in the season for the Bucks. They're going to want to keep Tom Brady upright. They're going to do anything they can to um, uh, to try to do that. But for me, with a lot of these guys, including uh, Marcus Davenport, uh, I am going to give it a um, let's wait and see type approach. I know it's Week 15. I, I know if you're really on a, you know, stretching, maybe you can play Davenport and just put out a prayer out there and hope that he plays the whole game. Um, I would just, if I had a pivot point and I could roll to somebody similar to him, that's what I'm looking to do at this point.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, I, I mentioned this briefly on my episode, the BGT podcast talking about how to set lineups and talking Mm -hmm. about when you want to have floor and when you want to have upside. If you're a heavy underdog in your playoff matchup, and you're like desperate for a guy that, you know, you don't care how low his floor is, you don't care if he gets injured on the first play, you're screwed either way. Maybe that's where yep. you played Marcus Davenport. But even still, this defensive line, offensive line matchup for the Saints is not very favorable. So I would mm-hmm. I, I would try my best to find somebody else this week.
1: Agreed. Evan, give me yours, man.
0: Yeah, so for my defensive line, I didn't pick a player, I picked an entire team. Is that cheating? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do I care? No. I picked the entire Washington football team defensive line. I'll explain why. So this game just got pushed back to Tuesday. And with so many guys on the COVID list, it's really just not worth searching for value in the rubble. The Eagles Mm -hmm. have a 33% pass block win rate and a 72% run block win rate versus the Washington football team. And with a depleted defensive line, I can't imagine anyone will reliably be able to guess which waiver wire fodder gets lucky in this matchup. Because this game got moved to Tuesday, you likely won't have a pivot if the player you're counting on ends up getting placed on the list or doesn't get activated in time. So here's a quick rundown of what you're dealing with. Chase Young is out. Montez Mm -hmm. Sweat is on the COVID list, but he could play if activated in time. Mm -hmm. James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, Daniel Wise, William bradley King, Jonathan Allen, Matt Ionitis, and Tim Settle are all on the COVID list. Deron Payne, Shaka Tony and Bunmi Rotimi are the only defensive linemen that have played a single snap for Washington this season that aren't currently on the COVID list. Three guys. It's an absolute mess and I'd much rather look elsewhere for a DL start for the first week of the playoffs.
1: That's ridiculous. That's, one of the, that's the most ridiculous stat I've seen either here or on Twitter all day. Duran Payne, Shaka Tony, Bunmi, Rotimi. Awesome. I actually like Shaka Tony. I actually really like Deron Payne as well. But when it's just those three guys, it's, um, it's going to prove pretty futile for you. And I agree with you as well. There is some hesitation in starting Holcomb and Collins. But, oh man, if they're going to be out there, I just feel like they're going to rack up so many just ugly, ugly stats this week. Um, but yeah, the entire defensive line for the Washington football team. Please don't start them great take Mm
0: -hmm.
1: we're going to get into the linebacker here that i am going to pivot away from and if i can get back up here to my sit of the week it is going to be michael walker for atlanta and this one's simple again i know his week 14 production if we're just looking at stats from the previous week um might look kind of tempting i think in most leagues he had 20 plus points um but don't be fooled walker had that pick on five snaps and only saw six snaps the week prior. Now I will say that Michael Walker is worth rostering in case Foyer or Deion Jones does miss time. Um, But um, if they're starting Walker for me is going to sit. So don't be fooled. Don't buy the, um, you know, don't buy the hype from last week. Don't go out there and make a waiver wire request for him unless you see Jones or Foyer down. But yeah, Michael Walker, he's I'm,
0: I'm sending him off into space. Absolutely. For my linebacker pick here, I, I have Troy Reader. Now, at the time I wrote this, I didn't know he was on the COVID list. Now he's on the COVID mm-hmm. list, so that's a simple answer for you. If he's still on the COVID list, don't play him. But mm-hmm. if he's not on the COVID list, don't play him. Yep. The back and forth. Great take. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big high IQ high IQ plays right here.
1: But I'll tell you that's a that's a nice prelude to one of my sleepers, and that's going to give a, give it away a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I do like that take as well. There's more than just one reason, other than the COVID, to not start Troy Reader. But I, I'll uh, that's a nice little snippet for for later on in the episode. We'll we'll tell you why I'd definitely not to start Troy Reader. Oh, yeah. other than the COVID.
0: Yeah, for those of us that are are followers of Tom K, we've been able to watch mm-hmm. this back and forth snap lead battle between Reader and Ernest Jones, where every week it's mm-hmm. a different linebacker with the lead snaps. Well, congratulations to Ernest Jones. He finally won, and he had two consecutive yep. weeks as a snap leader for the Rams, which also means Troy Reader's time as a tr- productive linebacker are, are probably behind him. Yep. The Seahawks also just aren't a very good matchup for linebackers, so there's your uh, your extra bonus if you needed it.
1: That's true, but hold on to it. You're gonna you're gonna need it again here in just a second. So my defensive back that I am sitting this week is actually Jordan Whitehead, and. So you got the double down here, Antoine Winfield. Mm-hmm. So Antoine Winfield has some type of a foot injury, uh, and Jordan Whitehead has a calf injury. Um, basically, pretty simple here. You know, calf injury kept um, Whitehead from playing week fourteen. I need I need to see it first for before both of these guys. And really, they don't have a great matchup this week with uh, the New Orleans Saints. Um, again, snap counts. Let's see what they look like in week fifteen go elsewhere, find a healthier player. So not too much analysis. I'm not going to roll out either of these two high upside guys, maybe week 16, week 17, potentially, if you need them down the stretch. But let's see what this week looks like first. Very boring analysis right there, but to me, very apt.
0: Absolutely. Just playing for safety. I love it. Mm -hmm. Speaking of playing for safety, my defensive back Room for speculation list is also another team. Once again, I I picked an entire team, the Rams DBs. And uh, for the same reason I listed the Washington defensive line as a bench, I'm also going to move on to mention the Rams DBs. So many guys got put on the list. Mm -hmm. And because this game was moved to Tuesday, you likely won't have a pivot if a currently active player gets added to the list later or if a currently inactive player isn't activated in time. And on top of that, the Seahawks are one of the worst matchup for DBs in the entire league.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, knowing the Rams, I do know that Jalen Ramsey, I think, is still on COVID IR. I don't think he's come off yet, and Jordan Fuller is also. So even if you were to roll anybody out, Taylor Rapp, oh, man, he's been kind of down as of late. And then Terrell Burgess actually saw some of his snaps increase last week, um, but has just not really done a whole lot with them, just kind of playing as an extra coverage guy. So I love that take, even being a Rams fan. Um, but I think it's very, very wise. If uh, if, if, uh, if you were to get stuck on Tuesday, there's just not a whole lot of guys to pivot to. So Rams DBs, sit them down.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's go and move on to some more optimistic takes here with the sleepers, some guys that probably have a little bit lower percent rostered or just percent started generally that we should be looking to uh, put into our starting lineups this week. Let's start off on the defensive line.
1: Yeah, I got to give Addy a little bit of credit for this one for Jonathan Cooper. Um, honestly, the edge position to me has kind of been gross in 2021. I don't remember it being this yucky, uh, maybe more so than other years. Um, but Jonathan Cooper, he might fall into this yucky category. I'm not 100% sure. That's for the listeners to, uh, you can make your own mind up. But with so many Denver Broncos injured and Cooper maintaining his health, I like him this week at home against Cincinnati in a game where we should see Cooper with a healthy, healthy dose of. 40 to 60 snaps. Um, He can also put up solid tackles and has a sack upside. He had two in week nine against Dallas, and he's going to have a great opportunity here in week 15. Not to mention, I believe Draymond Jones has actually been – put on COVID IR or maybe is just already, I know he's out this week, whatever, you know, whatever he's out for. So that's going to be that many more snaps that Jonathan Cooper is going to see. So probably deeper leagues only, obviously this is a little bit of a sleeper pick. Um, got to give Adam a little bit of credit for this one, but I do love his tackle floor here with the sack upside. So there you go. Jonathan Cooper.
0: Love it. My defensive line pick is Terrell Lewis from the Rams. He's an edge there, so, you know, he may be a linebacker in some instances. But in the Rams game versus the Cardinals last week, so week 14, three of the four edge rushers that played snaps are currently on the COVID list. Wow. The only one that isn't is Leonard Floyd. Mm -hmm. Terrell Lewis has seen the third most snaps at edge for the Rams this season. And while he was inactive last week, I have to assume he'll see the second most snaps for the Ram this week assuming that none of those other three guys are activated in time. Mm -hmm. This matters because the Rams defensive line has one of the best offensive line to defensive line matchups this week versus the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Now, the Seahawks have a negative 85% pass block advantage and a negative 8% run block advantage versus the Rams. And a bonus call, Porter Gustin and Joe Jackson, Mm -hmm. they're the Cleveland Browns' edge rushers. If Clowney, Tack, and Odenigbo stay out, those guys could see some snaps. Browns have an advantageous matchup versus the Raiders. So keep an eye out for the game delays and also any players being activated. But if they stay inactive, somebody's going to eat aside from Miles Garrett, and it might be Porter Gustin or Joe Jackson.
1: How many of the Miles Garrett managers are out there just like, every time they see a sleeper notification, just like grimacing like, please not Miles.
0: All of you them, know? every single one of them.
1: I would say there's a lot of them. Shout out to my boy, Fantasy Guru Bros. I know he is one of them as well. But no, I really like this tape, man. I think Terrell Lewis is actually really, really talented. Um, Health has always just been an issue with him. I know he's had a really, really lingering knee issue ever since the Rams drafted him. But he does look to be healthy this year. Um, I think there's a lot of Aaron Donald uh, managers as well that are doing the whole uh, Miles Garrett, grimacing to check their sleeper notification type of face. Um, but you're 100% right. There's a ton of Rams D linemen out. Terrell Lewis should see his snaps increase this week. And he's actually a very, very talented player. So I, I love that call.
0: Man, we love the Rams today, don't we? Let's go ahead and move on to your linebacker pick. We
1: do. We're not done with them either. Uh-huh. Ernest Jones. This has been one of my stands for 2021. If you listen to the big three or me or Adam, you know how much I love Ernest. But um, I just put here as a note, see Troy Reader. Hmm. I think that's I think that's pretty apt. Even though he's already out, I think the analysis for Troy Reader kind of plays here as well. So Jones has been great, really, in his last several starts. And the pivot Evan talked about from one valuable Rams linebacker to another from one week to the next um, seems to have settled itself. Um, that's what Tom K has been kind of talking about here for the last uh, you know six to eight weeks or so. Um, Jones' production and snaps have been great, but I want you to start Ernest Jones for a more important reason. And that's because the Rams are winning football right now. During the Rams' three straight losses, we saw the flip flop usage of Reader and Jones continue. But I think that as Week 15 approaches, and Reader's week has weeks of 29 snaps in Week 13 and seven uh, in the Rams' win against Arizona in Week 14, he is now um, behind Jones here, and I think it's Ernest Jones. Um, job for the foreseeable future so i'm jumping on ernest jones back and he is going to ride me through my fantasy playoffs so evan what's your take here i know you said to sit troy reader prior to the covid news but what's your thoughts on ernest jones and and your um are you feeling very comfortable rolling him out on your squads for the uh, fantasy playoffs
0: man anybody that knows me knows how much i love ernest jones i started that man and just sent a prayer up in my last week that I needed him to have a big game in order to get me to the playoffs. And man, he, he had a great game. Yeah. I didn't make it, but he had a great game. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was painful. It wasn't his fault though. Yeah.
1: Was that one of the uh was that one of your guys that you added to your um added to your gif or your meme to the door? Yeah. You know, the picture that you've been creating. So so that was that was that gif then. Yeah, that guy, man, oh, it was
0: it was tough. It was it, a tough one, but it's all right. I'm I'm doing my best to make him lose this week. So
1: sh- sure. <laughs> Love that. All right.
0: That. Uh, my linebacker pick is Houston linebacker Neville Hewitt. So Kamu mm. Gruger, Gruger Hill. Wow, I don't actually think I've said that out loud before. So that was that was pretty disastrous. It's tough.
1: I'm glad you did and not me. We're just gonna roll with yeah, it.
0: Yeah, well, I'm gonna say it again for good practice. Kamu okay. Gruger Hill. He's been a darling of mm. ours for sure. And Chris, you don't think it's Gruger? You know, it could be. I, I have no idea. What if it's French? You know, it could be. I think if you don't know who I'm talking about, you guys, that's that's on you. Yeah. You guys that do know who I'm talking about don't care how I say it. <laughs> KGH. I'm going to call him KGH, you know? I love that. Love or that. Or just Kamu. I like Kamu. Yeah, Kamu. Watch that not even be how you pronounce his name. It's like Kamu. I don't know. Whatever. Something. Anyways. So KGH <laughs> and Christian Kirksey, the snap leaders at the linebacker position for the Texans, they're both on the COVID list. Tis the season. Mm-hmm. Kamu got banged up in week 14. And Hewitt came in and saw meaningful snaps. This would signify that he should be the linebacker snap leader for the Texans should Kirksey and Kamu miss this game. I will go in more depth about this call a little bit later, but just know Christian Kirksey and Kamu are both out or on COVID list. So Neville Hewitt is the number one guy that you want to be targeting for that. And he should see a lot of snaps.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. This is just a opportunity right here for Neville Hewitt. And really when he saw opportunity last year, um, he was very, very solid. He's a very solid linebacker backside linebacker two, linebacker three really, but he does have LB two potential. Um, but no, I really like this, man. This is kind of one of those yucky, like, am I really starting Neville Hewitt in week 15? And you're like, yeah, I'm really starting Neville Hewitt in week 15. But, um, I think that the, um, I think he's going to prove you wrong a little bit. I think he's going to come out with some solid games, so I really like that. Um, Let's get into my last sleeper for the week, and it is a defensive back, and it is actually a cornerback because a lot of safeties are really yucky right now. And um, Jordan Lewis has been really, really good the last couple weeks. So um, let's see. You know, a lot of people would probably be like, you know, what sleeper? You know, what's the DB here that you're recommending? Why is he a corner? What's wrong with you? Why are you telling us to start a corner? Well, hear me out. You know, in a week where we have so, so many questionable tags among some of these defensive backs and really even pending COVID IR stuff out there um, in in leagues, especially safeties, Lewis has been a consistent bright spot there in Dallas uh, in the defensive backfield. In the last six weeks, Lewis has games of 16, 7, 13, 4, 18, and 13 points. And that's what I'm looking for in week 15, and that's consistency. Let's not get too crazy with our selections in week 15, kind of like I've talked about with the other guys. If you're needing a solid 10-point week out of your DB, uh, Jordan Lewis is definitely going to be your guy. So um, I like the matchup this week. I think there's going to be opportunity for Lewis. He really has what I like to see out of my guys in the last four or five, six weeks. And that's another thing, too. I really like looking at what's been most recent. I actually went on a, a Yahoo IDP league, I have, because there's a setting on there. You know, it shows your stats over the last four weeks. And that's something that I look at um, pretty frequently, honestly, um, just to see who's been productive in the last four weeks, because I don't really care who did. You know, who was the best safety in week four? That's not pertinent information right now. Let's look at who has you know, been good here recently. Let's look who's been getting the most opportunity. Jordan Lewis, I'm going to set it and forget it this week.
0: Something I might add, right? Jordan Lewis plays for the Cowboys. The Cowboys play the Giants this week, the mm-hmm. Giants with Mike Glennon at quarterback. Mm-hmm. He has had three turnover-worthy plays in each of their last two games. So there is an opportunity for a big play too. So it's not that he doesn't have upside. He just... He has a pretty high floor, so I like this call a lot.
1: Love that. Thank you for the high floor uh, little snippet there. That's, that's what I was looking at through that whole dialogue. I was looking for just, I needed to say high floor. So what a great co-host right there. I got just you. in where I where I'm shy.
0: Absolutely. My DB pick is a safety, and it is Jalen Hawkins from mm-hmm. the Falcons. Now, why am I calling out Jalen Hawkins? Isn't this a guy we were hoping for in the preseason, and he just let us down? Well, yes. But he's back mm. because the Falcons' starting strong safety, Eric Harris, tore his peck at the start of the game last week. And he's out for the season. And Jalen Hawkins came in and saw all the snaps. And 56% of those snaps were in the sweet spot. And as a bonus, they play the 49ers, who are one of the best matchups for safeties in the league.
1: Wow. That, that's a that's a tough call um it's 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 bold I'll give you that it's bold uh Jalen Hawkins a guy who is really kind of like a Neville Hewitt and uh week 15 that's kind of the definition of a sleeper um if you're wanting a guy who people probably I don't even know how much Jalen Hawkins is rostered in a lot of IDP leagues it's got to be really really low same with Neville Hewitt that's for people that probably aren't paying a, a ton of attention um but yeah Jalen Hawkins man that's a that's a deep dive right there for you. real nice deep dive.
0: mm-hmm. I, it's interesting, right? It is a deep dive, <laughs> but I, I don't want I don't want listeners to be sure taken aback by them thinking it's a deep dive because like sure, I fully expect this guy to see 100 percent of snaps. yeah, like unless they just decide to randomly you know pivot to Richie Grant, which they seem hesitant to do, like this guy could straight up just be mm-hmm. Eric Harris. yeah. and if you guys don't know who Eric Harris is, you know, go look at his production because I see no reason yep. to expect anything less from Jalen Hawkins.
1: And what in the world with Richie Grant just the the non-usage with him this year has been very bizarre. Been very
0: bizarre. Let's go and move on to our defensive line picks. Um go ahead and start us off there, Bob.
1: Yeah, man. So, I'm sorry to tell you this, but uh it's probably Big Bens last year. I don't know if you've paid attention to the Pittsburgh Steelers this year or watch very many games I've tried not to unfortunately if you can stomach them but um, Ben has been a statue really he's actually been better than I thought he was going to be this year I really thought he was going to be worse he's he's been okay Um, but honestly the Titans should be licking their chops here in this matchup I love Jeffrey Simmons here I love Harold Landry even more and even Danico Autry who had a sack last week I really like in this uh, in this uh, upcoming matchup here with your Steelers so um yeah what say you evan do you think uh you think big ben has anything left to get through the regular the regular season i know postseason is probably out of the reach for the steelers but uh, i know it's probably been a tough year to be a steelers fan
0: yeah it's 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 not been fun but i think at this point the steelers are just hoping to keep mike tomlin's above 500 streak alive you know big ben he might be playing all right but that doesn't mean he's not getting sacked a lot and he is getting sacked a lot so i think at the end of the day all that really matters is just Man, the Titans are going to be feasting. There's going to be opportunities for some big plays, and there's going to be a lot of love to go around.
1: Ben's definitely done after this year, right?
0: They, you know, I thought so, and I still hope so. (laughs) But I saw a rumor, (laughs) you know, a couple weeks ago that was like, Big Ben might be coming back. But the recent one was this is his last season. So, you know, I'm just buckling up ready for Aaron Rodgers and a Super Bowl in 2022, so no worries.
1: I think you and everybody else is ready for Aaron Rodgers. Any team under five hundred right now is pretty is banking on yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to be our uh, starting quarterback next Put year. Put it in the bank. Denver Broncos, Green Bay Packers. I
0: don't know how he's going to manage being a quarterback for five different teams at the same time, but you know it's Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure he can pull it off.
1: Yeah, just uh, you know, go play for the the Packers and then uh, switch jerseys and go play for the uh, Steelers while they're playing each other. That would be kind of interesting. That's like when you're playing when you're younger and you call. Um, I want to be like all-time QB for like both teams, yes. so like everybody's running like routes, and you're just just out there just hitting people with post routes, you know, out routes, just uh, just left and right, man, just racking it up. Good times that takes me back, man. <laughs> Good old neighborhood football, absolutely. Miss that, yes. But yeah, Evan, let's hear your top position group for the uh, defensive line.
0: Well, shocker, I'm going back to the Rams versus the Seahawks, and I'll explain why. So I mentioned this earlier, but the Rams have one of the most advantageous matchups on the defensive line this week versus the Seahawks, and your waivers might be ripe for the picking depending on who ends up being active and inactive. I would rank the edge priority, if healthy, as such. Number one, Leonard Floyd, because he's not currently on the COVID list. Number two, Von Miller, because he's currently on the COVID list. Now, if he comes off the list, obviously, he's a much better play. Sure. Number three is Terrell Lewis, who's currently not on the COVID list. Number four, oh, I told myself I was going to prepare.
1: Ogbonia Ocarango.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Say that one more You're time, welcome, just buddy. in case.
1: Ogbonia Okurangwo.
0: Look at that. That deserves a high five. That's it. He's also not on the COVID list. And Justin Hollins is on the COVID list. If he's active, he would probably be about the same as as that player that you just mentioned.
1: I have not seen this written out before with all these people on COVID. So that's pretty rough, pretty rough looking. I will agree.
0: And that's just on the edge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not anywhere else. Uh, defensive backs are pretty rough. I'm hoping Ernest Jones can stay healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, um, that's interesting. The Very interesting. Let's get to my linebackers because I've got a pretty interesting question here for you. Yeah. So the linebackers I'm going to roll out this week as the cards are coming off of a difficult loss last week to the Rams. Um, this matchup should get their offense back on track, should get Kyler back on track. Even though I know they've lost Nuke, um, I'm going to be interested to see how they kind of fill in the role with no Nuke. I don't know... Is Christian Kirk going to see more time? Is Rondell Moore going to see more targets? What does Zach Ertz' usage look like? Does it go up? Um, But on the defensive side of the ball, Isaiah Simmons and Jordan Hicks should get back to um, some type of normalcy here in this matchup. But my question here for you, Evan, you know, if you're the Cardinals, you're coming off a loss, um, you're getting closer to the pro season, do you think that we're going to see, I'm not necessarily saying IDP usage, but practical NFL usage, are we going to see any more Zayvon Collins uh snaps as the uh, playoffs approach
0: yeah it's a good question and anticipation of it i looked back and was trying to see what they were doing with isaiah simmons last year and you know he had a couple spike games here and there and i guess there was a general small trend up near the end of the season Mm -hmm. but i don't really expect that from zavin collins this year i think the squeaky wheel gets the grease but i don't necessarily think the cardinals believe they have a squeaky wheel problem sure because they have been winning a lot, mm-hmm. and the reason they have had some struggles recently, I don't think they can blame the linebacker position for that, and the only reason I would expect Zaven Collins' usage to increase is if they're looking for something different, but I don't necessarily believe that they would be looking for something different at the linebacker position.
1: Yeah, I think that's astute. It's... um. It's kind of a shame because I really think Zaven Collins is a really talented guy, but they also don't. Even if he was to play a Michael Parsons type role, I don't know that you're going to play Zaven Collins over a um, Marcus Golden or a Chandler Jones. They they have some pretty good uh, defensive ends there in the, in the in Arizona, but yeah, Evan, hit me with your linebacking group
0: um, for the week. Yeah, absolutely. So once again, I am mentioning the Houston Texans versus the Jags. And I said I would mention this later, and the later has come. So listen carefully because there is going to be at least one linebacker on here that's not on anybody's roster that is likely going to see almost 100% of snaps. So if you need a linebacker, listen up, and I'll explain it to you. So the same as earlier, there are a lot of really good options here that you can get the jump on. Mm -hmm. With the main two starters on the COVID list and with the defensive scheme that typically supports two relevant linebackers on a weekly basis, you should find some gold here. So I would rank them as number one, Kamu, Gruger Hill, or Gruget Hill. He's currently on the COVID list, and he's banged up too. Mm-hmm. Christian Kirksey is also currently on the COVID list. And those two guys, like I said earlier, they're the snap leaders. Number three is Neville Hewitt. Now, he's the guy that I mentioned as my sleeper start. He's my number three on the list. Four to five is a coin flip between Garrett Wallow, who's not on the COVID list, and Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who's also not on the COVID list. They both have had games with snaps over one or the other, but personally, I think I prefer Kevin Pierre-Lewis. I just think that recently he's seen some more significant snaps. Now, if Kirksey and Kamu are both out, I believe one of those two guys, Kevin Pierre-Lewis or Garrett Wallow, will see significant work. And if I had to choose one, like I said, I would go with KPL because he's seen more snaps recently. Now, if the COVID situation gets worse for the Texans and one of those three currently active guys becomes inactive, recently claimed Eric Wilson Mm. would be sixth in line, and he did see one snap last week.
1: Man, that is... That's some brilliant uh, statistics there. You're right. Kevin Pierre-Lewis on 22 snaps last week actually had two tackles. Let's look at Kevin Pierre-Lewis last year. So week two at Arizona on 79 snaps, he actually saw 16 tackles. Oh, my goodness. And one forced fumble. Um, he also has scattered in a bunch of other six-tackle, five-tackle, six-tackle games in 2020. So Kevin Pierre-Lewis, even though he is 30 years of age, um, I think that you are 100% right in that he's probably not rostered almost anywhere, and the opportunity might be 100% snaps for a KPL. I love it. Very astute, Evan. But let's get to my defensive backs here for the week because these are two guys that I really like talking about. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde for the Bills versus the Carolina Panthers. Um, it should be um, a big play play, Type week for these two safeties here against cam newton against pj walker i don't know exactly right now what that carolina offense is going to look like but Poyer and Hyde both with a solid tackle floor and both with big play potential um, that coupled with the fact that the bills are seven and six and coming off a loss to tampa in week 14 the bills have got to get right and if they're going to get into the playoffs and make a run I really think that that starts with Poyer and with Hyde's big play ability. So um, Poyer, one of my favorite safeties for the last probably three or four years. And then Micah Hyde, who we keep saying that we need to fade and he's not going to finish as a top 10 safety, looks like for the regular season he's going to be a top 10 safety. So, um, wow, the Bills are 7-6. and That's really surprising.
0: I'm shocked to see that. That doesn't seem real.
1: It doesn't. It doesn't. But I need to double check my stats while you're, while you're talking about your DB group for the week to make sure, because seven and six does not sound like the Buffalo Bills. But let's double check. Talk about yours while I'm looking, Evan.
0: Yeah, so while you're looking, my DB calls are the Packers, Green Bay versus the Ravens. Now, Lamar has had some recent reports that make me speculate on his availability for the game. Mm-hmm. And if he's out, the Ravens will once again be starting Tyler Huntley. Now, in Huntley's two games with 85% or more snaps, so these last two games at quarterback, he's passed the ball 37 times on average, and he's had two turnover-worthy plays in each game. Mm -hmm. Now, Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage have been relatively unexciting this season, Mm -hmm. but I'm banking on the Ravens being in a negative game script and needing the ball, needing to pass often, causing multiple turnover-worthy plays for these Packers' safeties to make big plays on. And if you're in a cornerback required league, Eric Stokes, Rasul Douglas, and Chandon Sullivan are all in play as well. But keep an eye out for Jair Alexander potentially making a comeback this week, though.
1: Yeah. I love the Razul Douglas take, you know, he's got a couple of really big games that he stacked up here in the last couple of weeks, but I agree with you a couple of weeks back when we, uh, when we had our preview pod, uh, Adrian Amos was one of my sits of the week because I really didn't think that Kirk cousins was going to throw an interception. And I don't believe he threw an interception that game, but I think that you're spot on possibly no Lamar and possibly Tyler Hunley, which is looking more likely. Um, yes. Savage Amos. Um, Amos might be a little more famous this week. That's a bad joke. That's a really bad joke. I need to I need to bury it.
0: You made it last time and it wasn't funny then either. I'm sorry.
1: I need to bury it. <laughs> I need to bury it. But I will say I was right. The Bills are seven and six right now. So what a lot of people were talking about is maybe the top team in the AFC a couple weeks back, um, man, they're really struggling coming down the stretch. I don't know how they get that right, but maybe they maybe the safeties help out some.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who's the best team in the AFC right now, Evan?
0: Patriots, and I hate to say it.
1: Yeah. It seems gross, doesn't it? Like, what in the world? Belichick is going to do it again. Matt Judon, you know, Nelson Aguilar, some weird free agency signings, and Mac Jones, and Ramon J. Stevenson, Mm -hmm. and and here we are. You know, it's kind of like Damian Harris, I think, went to um, maybe COVID IR or maybe just got ruled out today. Just ruled out. And um, Belichick probably doesn't even blush or, like, Mm -mm. blink. He's probably like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Ramondre,
0: you're playing absolutely. In there.
1: I even like J.J. Taylor,
0: and the way that they're winning games is just so definitive. Like it's not like ah, uh, they kind of fluky. It's like no, they they passed the ball three times and they won.
1: Yeah, who's your uh, who's your favorite in the NFC right now?
0: I want to say the Cardinals, but I have to say the Packers. Wow. The Packers are only getting healthier as the season progresses. I mean, mm-hmm. they've they've been with sustaining so many injuries up until this point, and the fact that they are the number one team. And they're only going to get healthier for the rest of the year. I mm-hmm. I can't not pick the Packers, despite really wanting the Cardinals to win the Super Bowl.
1: I wonder if Zadarius Smith is due back anytime soon.
0: Probably. I don't know off the top of my head, but, I mean, they don't even need him. They've been doing great on oh. the defensive line.
1: Preston Smith has been really good. Um Oh, man, the other guy who's there, I'm drawing a complete blank. Um, it's not Oren Burks, I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, Geary, Rashawn Geary mm-hmm. has been has been awesome there as well. But Preston Smith's been good really as, as of recent. But it's weird that Zedaria Smith is not back. I remember he went out, or I don't even think he's played this year, um, had some type of a neck surgery, and I think they thought he would be back like week 8 or week 10, and here we are week 15. So, yeah, man, necks always scare me. Um, but anyways, Anything else pressing that you want to uh, want to discuss, Evan? Before we get out of here, any big start sit decisions that you really uh, you really need to spend some time praying about tonight?
0: I mean, all of them. Okay, but you know, I'll do that on my own time. Sure, I do think it's really important that you know these managers, these listeners, mm-hmm. they strategize accordingly. Just assume that there's a chance that any one of your players could just instantly be declared out for the game that they're about to play. Yep. Don't make any assumptions. And if you truly feel like winning, you have to plan accordingly. So again, like I said at the beginning of the episode, the later the game, the more flex they are. Yep. The earlier the game, the less flex they are. You want the earlier players out of your flex just so that you can be flexible.
1: I think the winning teams in, in week 15 are going to be the teams who have the least amount of zeros at the end of the week Absolutely. with their matchup. Yeah. Don't be the guy who gets a zero this week unless it's because Trayvon Diggs was uh, shadowing um, Terry McLaurin in their game, which then it's justifiable. But, yeah, don't be the guy who gets a zero. Listen to the pod. If you got any questions, My DMs are always open. I know Evan would probably be more than happy to answer any start-sit decisions that you have. I'll try to be a little bit more available this weekend as far as that's concerned, because I know, uh, especially out there on the Facebook group, uh, I don't know if you're in any given Sunday, there's an IDP Facebook group out there where a lot of people have questions, but... Also out there in Twitter land, if you have any issues, any Rams questions, any Washington football team questions, any Steelers questions, me and Evan would be more than happy to uh, try to set you straight in week 15.
0: Absolutely. This
1: has been fun, Evan. Yeah. It's been fun. A L- lot of knowledge. A lot of knowledge over here. It's got me thinking. Mm-hmm. It's got me thinking for sure.
0: One last note I'm actually going to throw out there while, while I'm thinking about it. With all these new COVID cases coming up, we can only assume there's going to be more. Mm-hmm. If you see a star defensive player be declared out, You know that means that somebody else is going to get elevated to opportunity. Mm -hmm. We've seen enough football from all these teams to have a really, really good idea of who that somebody is. Mm -hmm. And if you're the first one to get them, you could be getting free production at a position that you might have typically been weak at. So just be prepared for that. Be active and and you'll be ready to go.
1: And block the heck out of these other dudes. Mm -hmm. Like, if you see that the person that you're playing is maybe struggling at linebacker and they're listening to the episode thinking, thinking, uh, man, Kevin Pierre-Lewis might be nice, grab him and throw him on your bench or, you know, just stash him somewhere. Um, Big block type time right now for, uh, for Week 15. If you can prevent um, the other managers from getting a guy who could possibly help them by all means, if you have the bench availability, do so. And you might even need K- KPL. You just, you just never know. I'm hoping that it's the type of mentality for the next couple of weeks to where when eventually your dude goes to COVID IR, it just needs to be the mentality to where it's like, okay, I've prepared for this. I'm going to go ahead and put this person in and not think it, at, at all about it again. Absolutely. So, um,
0: yep. Anti-tilt.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Week 15. What a world. Ah. What a world.
0: All right, Bob. This was a, b- a blast to record with you. Listeners, I-, I hope you guys gleaned some really helpful information. Remember, you can find me on Twitter at BGT Evan. You can find Bob on Twitter at IDP Bob. If you have questions about anything, you guys know where you can reach us. But until next time, good luck this week and peace out.